Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode number 80 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I am your host and humble guide, Keela Cash. Thank you so much for joining me as week 132 of Receptopia continues. Happy Wednesday morning, afternoon, and evening to you all as another busy week in the worlds of WWE and AEW continues. And last night was NXT 2.0 going down live from the WWE Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. And we are two weeks away from NXT Heat Wave going down live on USA. And I thought that This was a very good show last night, tight, snug, cohesive throughout, some good matches sprinkled in for good measure as we kick things off with a Fatal 4-Way Elimination match for the vacant NXT Women's Tag Team Championships involving Toxic Attractions, Jesse Jane and Gigi Dolan, Caden Carter and Katana Chance, Tatum Paxley and Ivy Nile, alongside Valentina Feroz and Ulisa Leon. And I thought this was a really fun match, and I have a guilty pleasure is Leon and Feroz as I really like their potential as a tag team. They're high flyers, they're charismatic, the dancing is a bit much for me, but I really like what they do in the ring and I thought they had their best outing last night as Ulisa Leon lifted up Valentin Feroz for a crossbody onto everyone on the outside. Then Ulisa ups the ante with a flip dive onto the other tag teams on the outside as well in a pretty cool spot. Eventually, Tatum Paxley and Ivy now slow down the high flying tag team and Ivy now delivers a body shot from the top rope to Valentina Feroz to eliminate Leon and Feroz from this tag team match. We're now down to three teams and Tatum Paxley and Ivy now work over Katana Chance for a bit. At one point Ivy now launches off Tatum to deliver a punch to Katana Chance followed by the boot in the corner for a very close near fall. Eventually, Kaden Carter gets the hot tag and she drops Tatum Paxley with the Death Valley driver. But unbeknownst to Kaden Carter, JC Chain makes a tag and she boots Tatum Paxley to steal the pin, and it's now down to two teams. We are back to where we were at In Your House a couple of months ago involving these two teams for the NXT Women's Tag Team titles. At one point, we get a flashback with Dolan and Jane landing the high-low on Katana Chance for the win until Caden Carter broke up the fall immediately. From there, she lands a German suplex on Gigi Dolan, and Katana Chance wipes out Gigi with the crossbody on the outside, snaps the neck of JC Jane between the ropes, and Katana gets the hot tag and lands the top rope for a 50 stomp on two Jesse Jane to become the new NXT women's tag team champions at long last. I'm so happy for Chance and Carter. They are my favorite tag team in the NXT women's tag division. And this is long overdue and it's about damn time. And I think with these belts, they can be elevated to new heights. They are a damn good tag team. I love the future for Leon and for Rose as well. They could be dream opponents for a very long time. And here's hoping that this is the start of rehabbing the women's tag team division across all brands, including Raw and SmackDown, as we try to add prestige back to these tag team titles on a regular basis. Next up is an open challenge from Carmelo Hayes for his A championship, the NXT North American Championship, and who answers the call, but none other than Giovanni Vinci. And he does his little pose for his famous shot as he makes his way down to the ring. And in a great spot... Nathan Fraser beats him to the punch because he takes a long time posing and making his way down to the ring like a model. So Fraser is the guy that answers the call to face Hayes for the North American Championship. And this was a fun match. It was fast as hell. They both ran the ropes like Sonic the Hedgehog with Nathan Fraser landing a speedy drop kick out of nowhere. He avoids the springboard leg drop by Carmelo, but he gets his neck snapped in the ropes and Carmelo lands a leg drop a short time later. At one point, Fraser goes for a springboard crossbody, flips out of that 
that. But Carmelo lands with a springboard clothesline of his own for a near fall. And from there, this match is all action. Eventually, Nathan runs the ropes once again to gain momentum. He wipes out Carmelo with a first press, lands some nice punches, drop kicks him in the corner, and goes for the Phoenix Splash. But he rolls through when Carmelo gets out of the way, and he drops Carmelo with a tope on the outside. In doing so, he spills coffee all over Giovanni Vinci, who's sitting in on guest commentary. And a slight distraction by Trick on the outside allows Giovanni Vinci to trip Nathan off the top ropes, which allows Carmelo Hayes to land the top rope alley-oop leg drop for the win to retain the NXT North American Championship. And I cannot wait to see Giovanni Vinci and Nathan Fraser one-on-one between now and Heat Wave in a couple of weeks' time. Next up is the NXT Championship Summit between... J.D. McDonough and NXT champion Braun Breaker. And with all due respect to J.D. McDonough, I kind of liked the promo from last week when he was very methodical by talking about people when it came to popcorn and their ligaments and calluses and how he can break people's bones with the greatest of ease. But this monologue did absolutely nothing for me about how he's going to inflict pain on Braun Breaker, take the championship. Braun was fiery, as always, saying, you might love pain. You're really going to love what I do to you in a couple of weeks for this title. You might be smarter than my former opponents, such as Ciampa, Ziggler, and Gunther. But I ran through them, and I run through you in a couple of weeks' time at Heat Wave, and JD is sensing that Braun might be afraid. And Braun says, I sense no fear here. Let me sign this contract first. He sends it over to J.D. McDonough and he signs the contract in blood. And the facial expressions that Braun Breaker made at this was hilarious and easily the highlight of the segment, which dragged due to the very dry promo stylings of J.D. McDonough. He's very talented in the ring. It's undeniable, but he lacks that pop of charisma, which leads me to call him Finn Balor Light with all due respect. Next up is Mandy Rose versus Saray, and I thought this match was fine for what it was. A lot of roll-ups by both ladies early on, but Saray does show off a bit of her offense with a couple of top rope, most of drop kicks on Mandy Rose for a near fall and a few knee strikes as well. But eventually, Mandy nails a bicycle knee on Saray for the win. It's okay, but Saray is spinning her wheels on NXT, and dare I say that she might bring more value to Friday Night SmackDown than to Porno at this point, but we'll see how they book her moving forward. But Mandy is angry that Saray damn near damaged her face this time last year, so she grabs a steel chair, beats up Saray, is going to pilmanize her leg until Zuri Starks makes a save as we build up their match for the NXT Women's Championship in a couple of weeks' time at NXT Heat Wave. Next up is Duke Hudson beating up Axiom backstage, beats his ass and pull it a post, and they take the act to the ring and Axiom is going to get back up and challenge Duke Hudson to a match is made official a short time later and Duke Hudson dominates Axiom for the most part but Axiom does fight back with a tilt to whirl and hits a victory roll for the surprise win nice victory for Axiom but let me be 100% real under the Vince McMahon creative administration Axiom was forced to wear a mask and become a mathematician and superhero by night I miss a kid the star that broke out in NXT UK a couple of years ago and I think that he brings a lot of value to NXT 2.0 if you want to change his name change his name but unmask him because I cannot see his facial expressions through that mask it's very hard to connect it's a guy that moves and I can't feel anything 
from him from the face. And that needs to change. And Axiom on Max is a very good looking guy and he is charismatic as hell when he's able to fully express himself in the ring. This gimmick is nice, but we are under a different administration now. And here's hoping they kind of tweak the gimmick and let him be freer without the mask moving forward. Next up is the Creed Brothers versus Tony D'Angelo and Stax for the NXT Tag Team Championship. And I thought this was a solid match. Notably absent was Roderick Strong, who got on Apollo Crews for getting in his business, which will lead to a match very soon, which could be pretty badass when you think about it. But Julius Creed takes, dare I say, a horrifying spinning suplex for Rum Tony D'Angelo. I think it was too quick release even for Julius and he felt the pain. And I think he got a receipt for throwing people around for the last few months because he's put people through it as well. And now he got a little dose of his own medicine, but thankfully he was okay as he got the hot tag from Brutus's Tony D and Stax worked over him and he came in there and he suplexed Tony D and Stax. He was suplexing the night away and I love Julius' comeback. I just think he is a star. He's gaining more confidence on the mic. His Twitter game is on point and I think he has a bright future as a single star down the road if they don't rush the process. So we are into the meat of this match with Stax pulling Brutus away from a hot tag and Brutus chases down Stax and wipes him out. But the distraction leads to Electra Lopez sliding the crowbar to Tony D. He's more than happy to grab the crowbar for assistance, but he looks and realizes, you know what? The person handing me this crowbar is being a bit aggressive, and it is none other than Santos Escobar sabotaging Tony D. Knocks him out with the brass knucks, and we have Julius Land that rolling suplex into the sliding lariat for the win to retain the NXT Tag Team title. is a very good match down the stretch, and Legato are back together, and Tony D and Stax are mad as hell, which will lead to the final accord between Santos Escobar and Tony D'Angelo next Tuesday on NXT, and I hope and I kind of pray that Legato gets called up to the main roster because we are under a new creative administration, the Paul Levesque administration, that is. Triple H, Uncle Paul, is willing to take risks and push people. And I think Legato is a crew that needs the elevation to our SmackDown as a faction. Escobar is in the prime years of his career, and I think he deserves a main roster run alongside Cruz del Toro and Joaquin Wilde, who can elevate the tag team division, and they will be taken care of in terms of booking. They will get a chance to get over. The presentation is everything in Florida. They can take it national by traveling the country and the world to get over in a bigger way. They will get the promo. They will get the push. They will get what they need in order to succeed. All they need to do is bring it on the mic and in the ring, and they'll be golden moving forward. Next up is Brooks Jensen, one half of the NXT UK Tag Team Champs versus Joe Gacy. This was the weakest match from last night's show. Just wasn't feeling it. And Brooks had some short shorts on. Had some Days of Duke action happening. And it was all right for what it was. Delivered a kick here, a punch there. Kind of all over the place for me. Joe Gacy channels bootleg Bray Wyatt. Not here for that either. But we get a run in. Courtesy of Pretty Deadly after Rip Fowler and Jagger Reed distract Fallon Henley and Josh Briggs at ringside. And that distraction allows Joe Gacy to land the handspring lariat to Brooks Jensen for the win. It was an okay match. Nothing special. And then we have Joe Gacy delivering a message to Cameron Grimes to join his movement to find inner peace and love and light and blah, 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 blah. Join a cult for crying out loud, Cameron. And he's shook and shaken backstage. Age. as we move on to Lash Legend versus Alba Fire and this match exceeded expectations Lash Legend is improving still needs a lot more seasoning but you see the potential and the star presence every time she comes out there delivers a nice
nice swinging backbreaker to Alba Fire for a near fall, followed by a big boot as well. She goes for a very ambitious superplex from the top rope, but Alba counters that, goes for a swanton, but Lash moves out of the way, and Lash grabs the baseball bat to grab to Alba Fire, but Alba strikes her with two super kicks and the Gurry Special along with the swanton from the top rope for the win. A solid match between Alba Fire and Lash Legend. Lash is improving. She's got a ways to go, but I love the growth for her and Alba Fire. She's a star as well. And I think she could add value to the main roster in due time. But we got some call-ups already established on Monday Night Raw in the form of Vio Sky and Dakota Kai. And when the time comes, Alba Fire will have her day on the main roster as well. And now it is time for our main event featuring Von Wagner versus Solo Sequoia in a Falls Count Anywhere match. And I thought this match was good. This was easily Von Wagner's best match to date and I've been on his ass for almost a year now I thought he was very good in this match showed great fire and aggression still lacks charisma for me between the notes but that will come with more confidence in time but Solo's already established as a badass that can brawl and give you a show and he did so last night now he almost lost his street fighter credibility when Von Wagner whooped his ass for the first half of this match it was brutal he got slammed against the steel steps he was slammed against two chairs in the seated position side by side and he was just whooping up on Solo like he was nobody but eventually Solo does land a Samoan drop to Von Wagner on the announce table which does not break and they brawl through the crowd to the soundstage outside and it gets crazy when Solo is going to shove Carmelo in a Corvette with the ladies and Trick looking on because the car won't start. That was a great sight gag. As the fight continues in the parking lot, the most dangerous place in WWE, I want to clarify that for the record. So Von Wagner is going to regain control and throw Solo in the dumpster, the WWE dumpster. And he closes the lid and declares himself the winner. But Solo opens up that dumpster and says, "Uh uh-uh. So he is going to go after Von Wagner, slam him against the garage door, get back in the building and accidentally bumps into Cameron Grimes, who takes a spill on a table. His night has gone from bad to worse as he is in a full midlife career crisis. Von Wagner once again gets to jump on Solo Sequoia and puts him through a table by the ringside area. They fight back to the ring and the action is going to pick up from there with Solo regaining control and landing a Samoan drop on Von Wagner followed by several chair shots to the back that sounded loud and vicious as hell. He delivers a Uenagi on the still steps for a near fall goes for the frog splash but he's held up by Mr. Stone and that does not help his cause as Solo grabs Mr. Stone by the necktie but Vaughn breaks it up and they brawl on the outside but Solo avoids another beatdown by Vaughn he slams him against the ring post and lands not one but two super kicks on Vaughn Wagner and Vaughn is going to strategically land on the NXT announce table Solo goes up top and he lands a frog splash that sends Vaughn Wagner crashing through the announce table to score the win in this Falls Count Anywhere match the crowd was hot all night long they love the main event as well they adore solo sequoia and i thought once again von wagner had his best performance to date but let it be known the last time we had a match like this on nxt tv was solo sequoia versus boa and it was a surprisingly good match as well and solo's come so far since then but unfortunately for boa we have not seen him since on nxt tv hopefully von does not disappear as well but in all seriousness i thought this was a very nice way to end the show a big risk to put two upstarts in this spot but they held their own and von wagner impressed me tonight and i have not been able to say that enough in the last year or so 
He just needs to believe in himself, gain confidence via those promos, trust his instincts, and know that you're capable of doing this. If it's in your heart to do it, do it, pursue it, work on it, get better, and it will work out in due time. I'm still going to be his biggest critic because I want him to get better and push himself, but I liked what I saw last night in Solo. Future Bloodline member, indeed. The call-up is very soon, I do believe, but I want him to at least get his shot at the North America Championship against Carmelo Hayes between now and Heat Wave in a couple of weeks' time before the call-up takes place because he is bound to join the Usos and Roman Reigns on the main roster to complete the bloodline once and for all. And all in all, I thought this was a solid episode of NXT. Limited commercials in ring heavy, but decent to good action most of the way through. And I like where this show is. I like the fact that Triple H is back in charge of creative. He oversees this show a bit more often with Shawn Michaels leading that vision every single Tuesday night. And you see the slight changes, more serious promos, more detailed vignettes. Tiffany Stratton showing off her gymnastics background as I wanted her to since day damn one. And we get to see that. And she is a star as well. You do see these stars that are broken through under 2.0. There is still work to be done. And I like the de-emphasis of using green people on a regular basis because this ain't the place for that. Leave that to level up and the coconut circuit. Get people who are almost ready for that main roster spot on TV as a finishing school. That's the purpose of 2.0 along with seasoned vets to carry this brand along the way. That's the hybrid. That's the system. And I think it can work long term because that was the original vision of NXT until, dare I say, Paul Levesque got too indie heavy with the roster. And you had seasoned vets running those takeovers more so than those who trained under the PC system for years. And that was a very damning sign when you're not building talent from the roots up. And he says, development to my ass. Ultimately, this is developmental. Despite how great the takeovers were for years, NXT at its core lost its way for a bit and change needed to be made. A plateau was hit a couple of years ago and change needed to be made. But I think that WWE went too far in one direction and they did not find that happy median until now. And I think the show is in better hands that can get us out of the 90s and into the 21st century, into the 2022s of it all. And I think we're going to see a difference, not a huge difference, but a hybrid of developmental and seasoned vets carrying this show moving forward. And I basically called it a year ago and now we are full circle at long last. How about that? And on that note, this wraps up episode number 80 of the NXT Nightcap, recapping the highs and lows from WWE's developmental brand. I hope you enjoyed it as always. You can follow me on social media at Lady Wrestling X on Twitter and on Instagram at Wrestleptopia. There you can find me tweeting and gramming about these podcast shows that drop on the semi-daily recapping Monday Night Raw, NXT 2.0, AEW Dynamite, Friday Night Smackdown on Fox, and AEW Rampage on TNT. You know what to do, such so Wrestleptopia and follow me on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music, Audible, Google Podcasts, Buzzsprout, iHeartRadio, Stitcher Radio, Tune Plus Amazon Alexa, and Spotify. I'll be back tomorrow morning with episode number 75 of The Dynamite Effect, recapping the highs and lows from AW Dynamite on TBS. Until then, enjoy your hump day. Stay safe out there and don't forget to wash those hands. See you later, boys and girls. Take care.